friend. Welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold. And it's my honor to bring you guest conversations or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise. Wherever you are, I am so grateful to be here in your ears. And I also want to give a shout out with so much thanks to our sponsor, Organifi. You can find them over at Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And when you use the U-Turn checkout code, you get 20% off your order. They make the most magical elixirs, whether it's powders for you to get your greens on every day, really tasty, clean protein powders to add into your diet. I have them every single morning. Probiotic powders to help you really heal and strengthen your immune system. So much more. Now let's get in to this week's conversation. Every type will have a different strategy in human design. And so the strategy for both generators and manifesting generators is magnetism. It basically means that you're not really meant to chase after things, but like the more you're committing your energy to things you enjoy, like the more attractive your energy becomes and attracting aligned things to you. So you're just kind of meant to be paying attention to what is showing up in your world and what you feel lit up by and then committing your energy to those things rather than having an idea and be like, I've got to go initiate and make that thing happen. So it really is kind of trusting that things will come up and your work is to just like pay attention to how you're responding. And then once you get that response to go after it. Hey, U-Turners, what's going on? It's Ash here, and it is another week on the U-Turn podcast in the mindset category, and I am bringing such a treat on here for you, Erin Claire Jones. She's a human design and leadership coach. Uh, Those of you who haven't heard about human design, it is the newest craze. Some people talk about it replacing astrology, which I'm sure it will just perfectly complement it. But it is a way of looking at who you are and how you be in the world. And Erin, I am so excited to welcome you here to help me understand what is human design? What does it matter for everybody else in their job, in their day, in their life? So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my God, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I I feel like you looked at my human design before this. So I've been so curious because I know nothing about it. And before I even, maybe, I don't know like how you want to jam, but like maybe letting me know a little bit about why you were drawn to human design or what is it about it that made you devote your career to it? Of course, it was definitely not a thing I think I could have predicted. So for those new to human design, which I imagine many of you are, human design is a system that is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth that gives you your energetic DNA. So by that, I mean how you're designed to make decisions, communicate, cultivate relationships, work within teams, literally all the things. And there are about 2 billion different configurations. So human design really kind of just gives us both the self-knowledge and the tools to really step into our own unique potential. And so... 
I was drawn to it because I came from a startup background. I was working in a lot of businesses and just like observing that the teams were amazing. The visions were amazing, but it just felt like the teams themselves were very dysfunctional. It felt Mm -hmm. like people didn't understand each other. People didn't know how to work together. And I think I was on the side, always exploring different personal development modalities, just because like it's in my blood. I just like have to learn about myself and learn about others all the time. But I think that I just like didn't always know how to weave the two together. And when I discovered human design, which was like so serendipitous, a stranger introducing it to me in 2015 at like a party in New York, I was just so blown away. And like the deeper I got, the more blown away I became, because I think that it like comes from the stars, obviously, and that it comes from our birth information and it's kind of like our imprint when we're born. But the information itself is so tactical and so actionable. And it's like never about telling people stuff they don't know. It's just like revealing all the stuff we already know, but never have like really allowed ourselves to step into. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just like so blown away on an individual level where I'm like, oh my God, yes, this is me. Like this is so not the way I've operated, but I, I, I can sense that it's like the way that I meant to. But also you can like layer it in teams, you know, really discovering how teams can function best together, how partners can function best together. It just like really reveals all our differences and the tools that are going to work through them. So I was just so sold pretty immediately. And it's been like a bumpy journey, of course, and getting here. It wasn't like a smooth ride all the way because as you said, human design is really hitting, is, is very resonant at the moment. And I think will only become more so, but it definitely was not when I first started. So it's exciting to see everyone else be as excited about it as I am. That's so cool. And I, you know, complete disclosure to show you how much I don't know. I like really quickly Googled it and just gave it a little read. And I heard that, or I read that there's one, two, three, four, five, there's generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. Am I accurate? Accurate. So maybe we could kind of go through what are each of these um, and what does it mean about the person and also just where people can learn what their human design is too. Yeah, totally. So you can look up, there are lots of places to look up your human design on my website. It's Aaron Claire with an E jones.com slash look up and you'll need your exact time, date and place of birth. It is not astrology, but it does draw from that as well as a bunch of different systems. And I also love what you said earlier, where it's like, not about, I had, there was like an article that they wrote about me in human design that was like, human design is replacing astrology. And I think astrology is amazing. You know, I think that like they both serve in such different, but equally potent ways. So, um, in terms of the type. So yes, we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So one thing I'll just say is this is the first distinction, like things get so much more specific from here. So if you resonate with pieces from multiple types, totally normal. It's just like impossible to get the full picture. Um, you know, on a podcast. So first we have manifesting generators and generators. So you are a manifesting generator. Ooh, what does that even mean? And so these are basically (laughs) the people that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. These Mm. are the people that like are meant to wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy to use their energy in super satisfying ways throughout the day and then kind of crash and wake up recharge. If they haven't kind of fully used up their tank, they might go to bed and just feel like, restless because they haven't fully exhausted their energy or even just depleted because they haven't actually used their energy in a way that feels good. And so the Mm -hmm. idea is that when you're really committing your energy to things that light you up, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's an activity on the side, you're basically lifting up the energy of like literally everyone around you. And so it's just so important in that way. And often these types have a lot to learn around boundaries just because they have this amazing energy and life force. People can want to take advantage of it and not in a Mm -hmm. malicious way, but they just sense that you have the capacity to like do things and handle things. So um, and I think what makes the manifesting generator different than a generator is that 
often manifesting generators thrive when they have their energy and a lot of things at once. So for Mm. you, it's not about just doing one thing, but about being multi-passionate and the things might not all weave together and that's perfect. You know, Mm. it's just like, it doesn't need to tell a cohesive story. It's like, I'm a lawyer, I'm a mom, I own a dance studio. I'm literally all the things and that's the magic. And then also manifesting generators can move very quickly. So their gift is out of efficiency, but they can also skip some steps along the way. So it's always good to have some support to kind of handle that more step-by-step process. So how does that all land with you? Yeah, no, I mean, totally. It's, it's interesting. Like I always have my energy spread in many different places and sometimes I feel spread too thin, but it's interesting. Like I devote myself fully to one task, but I, it's almost like I have four different tasks on any given month and I have days scheduled out just to look at one. And then Mm. I kind of switch gears. So that makes sense to me. Is there a certain percent of the population that are like me manifesting generators? Yeah. So about 70% are manifesting generators and generators. And it's like, you know, a pretty evenly split between the two. So, so it's kind of about 35 or both. Correct. It's like 37 and 30. It's, yeah, it's around 35, 35. So pretty equal split. Like it does make up the majority of the population. I think that like, you know, the percentages, I'm never sure if we've like measured it recently, you know, but I think mm-hmm. that like these are kind of the builders and the doers and the creators of society. So it makes up that the, it makes sense that they kind of make up the majority. Got it. Okay. So what's the difference? Like now that we kind of looked at me as a manifesting generator, what does it mean to be a generator? So as a generator, it, you know, is very similar in the way that you really are meant to kind of invest your energy in the things that you enjoy and that light you up. But like for you, it's often about doing one thing at a time. It's like, I'm going to master this process. And when the energy is no longer there for it, I'll move on to the next one. Whereas for manifesting generators, it's like, I'm here to do kind of all the things at once, you know, and they might not always be the same thing. And then manifesting generators tend to move very quickly. And it's not that generators are slow at all, but they're kind of like so good at the process and kind of mastering that and bringing something to life. And I think what's true for both of them is that every type will have a different strategy in human design. And so the strategy for both generators and manifesting generators is magnetism. It basically means that you're not really meant to chase after things, but like the more you're committing your energy to things you enjoy, like the more attractive your energy becomes and attracting aligned things to you. So you're just kind of meant to be paying attention to what is showing up in your world and what you feel lit up by and then committing your energy to those things rather than having an idea and be like, I've got to go initiate and make that thing happen. So it really Mm -hmm. is kind of trusting the things will come up and your work is to just like pay attention to how you're responding. And then once you get that response to go after it. Okay. And when you think about where manifesting generators and generators are fundamentally different, for anybody who's trying to kind of self-identify, even if they take the test, what would you say are some trademarks that make them totally different? I mean, at the heart, they're a very similar type. So I wouldn't get to like, which one am I? I think I would look it up because I think what's like, they share a similar strategy. Their work is really about committing their energy to things that they do enjoy, that they're really lit up by knowing that when they do that, they create energy for everyone around them. And so, I mean, the primary differences is like, again, one is likes doing a lot of things at once, whereas like another one might just do one thing at a time, but there are obviously going to be some shifts and discrepancies. And one Mm -hmm. like moves very quickly and can like skip some steps along the way and like kind of just like find the fastest way to get there. Whereas the other one is really here to kind of master the process and the step-by-step piece. But again, Mm -hmm. like at the heart, they are, they carry such similar qualities. So like I would focus more like, am I a generator or a manifesting generator rather than like, which one am I in that? Got it. Okay. And yeah. And then tell me a little bit, like now that everybody's kind of heard about me being a manifesting generator, somebody who thrives with my energy in multiple places, executes quickly, has a lot of creative energy to make things happen. 
like, what is the difference between me as a manifesting generator and a manifester? And what percent of the population is a manifester? So manifestors are about eight to 9%. And so like Mm -hmm. some of this might resonate with you, but they are a different type. So Mm -hmm. it's just like manifesting generators are basically generators with a manifesting capacity, which basically means they can just like, their gift is like in moving things into action very quickly. So Mm -hmm. manifestors are really here to be the initiators. They're the Mm -hmm. ones that are really here to kind of get things started, make like the first move, um, get the ball rolling. They're very much here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. They really Mm -hmm. are not here to be kind of controlled or told what to do or manage. They're here to just like, again, kind of have freedom to just like initiate and bring new ideas to life. They can struggle a little bit working in big companies if they're being micromanaged or told what to do. So it's going to be important for them to have a lot of freedom in their role. It's like, this is your domain. Do what you please. Let us know how it goes, you know? Or like if they're going to work for themselves, they can really chart their own path. And so, you know, with human design, it's not like one type can only be a certain career, but it's often gives us a sense of like, what container do we need to build for ourselves to actually be successful? So for these people, it's like having the freedom, having the autonomy, having the control. They tend to be very naturally innovative so they can kind of see the future and see where things are going and feel like everyone else is just like a little bit behind the times. Um, Mm. And so their strategy in human design is all about initiating, making the first move, but also about informing. So once they made a decision to do something, it's reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and making sure they let them know. It's basically allowing them to move through life with a little bit more resistance and kind of manifest with more ease. Mm, I love this. Okay. And when you think about a manifester, like to me, it sounds like a visionary, like the mm-hmm. like um, Elon Musk kind mm-hmm. of type. Totally. And I, I guess what I'm trying to understand is like the dimension, because I know we still have to talk about the projector and the reflector, but is it, uh, you were saying there's so many different configurations. So mm-hmm. when you look at me and you say, oh, you're a manifesting generator, it seems like there's so much more nuance to that. What is the nuance in knowing somebody's date of birth and all that? What else does it tell you about me or anybody? So there's so much beyond the type. The type is just the first piece, you know? And so like, it's, you know, you are a manifesting generator and you might have like a twin that's also manifesting generator, but you guys might express yourself in really different ways. So it kind of just gives us our operating manual, but like, you know, we all have a type, we all have a strategy, which I've mentioned, we all have a different way of making decisions. So like you might make decisions differently than another manifesting generator. We all have a different way of processing information with groups. We all have different areas in which we're the most sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy in the areas where we can get the most taken off track. We all have different, like what it looks like to live in our kind of not self or misaligned state versus our aligned state. We all have different natural strengths and channels. Like we all have different, I mean, so much, we all have different profiles, the profiles around how we're here to manifest our purpose. Um, we all have different kind of teams that we can work best in. So like, those are like the primary pieces I usually cover with someone, but then there are even so many layers beyond that. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the human design chart, you'll basically look at this configuration of the body and see different things that are lit up or kind of white and the things that are lit up or the things that we are kind of are just like our natural energy and the things that are white is where we're kind of pulling an energy from other people. So there's just like the, the whole chart kind of tells the whole story and the type is really just the first piece of it. Okay. And you'd share that manifestors, they really struggle in, you know, perhaps in a big company where they're told what to do if they don't have freedom, mm-hmm. where do generators struggle and where do manifesting generators struggle? So manifesting generators and generators both tend to struggle around boundaries because like I said, they just have this like amazing energy to build and create. So people might ask them to like do all the things so they can just like overcommit and say too much, too many yeses and not like run it through the filter of like, is this actually exciting for me? And does this really light me up? 
you know, mm-hmm. manifesting generators might struggle if they try to put themselves into just one box or even weave a cohesive story about what they do. You know what I mean? It's like, I've got to be just one thing. Like often manifesting generators have been made to feel scattered or like they're doing too much, but they actually mm-hmm. need that level of stimulus to actually be successful and be like motivated, you know? And so it's just like a reminder that we all need such different things. Like I've had manifesting generator clients that are in like traditionally great jobs, but they're like, I'm so bored. I need so yeah. much more stimulus to actually remain excited. So I'm going to have like three side projects on the side, or perhaps as a manifesting generator, you have one job that allows you to kind of like hold multiple things at once and you have the right support that supports you in doing that. Mm, got it. Okay. And talk to me a little bit about projectors, like what percent of the population is a projector and what does that mean? So projectors are about 20% of the population and projectors are really here to kind of be our advisors, our leaders, our guides, our teachers. They're really not here to do all the doing. So because we live in a world of primarily generators and manifesting generators, often these people feel like a tremendous pressure, like do, 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 and keep up with the world around them. But their work is in knowing that their value is not in how much they do, how hard they work, but really in the way that they see the world. So in the context of companies, these people often make amazing uh, managers or even CEOs. Like They're just so sensitive to energy and are so natural at kind of guiding other people's energy. Um, or you, know, you could see that in the context of being a therapist or a coach you know, or even a facilitator, a motivational speaker, just again, here to kind of really guide other people's energy um, rather than kind of like just like be in all the doing themselves. And so their strategy as projectors is basically waiting to kind of be recognized and invited in for new opportunities. So when it comes to sharing their gifts, instead of like initiating and being like, I want to do this, I'm like going to make this thing happen. It's really waiting for people to kind of recognize you and invite you in to share your thing because you just bring, I'm a projector. So I like know this so intimately, but like you just bring such a different thing to the table. So you've got to make sure people kind of really recognize you and call you out for it. But that Mm -hmm. said, you don't need an invitation when it comes to like moving to a new city or like you know, even like starting a company, but like what it involves really sharing your gifts with someone or working with someone or living with someone or dating someone, that's when you really need that invitation. And the last piece I'll share is that when I first discovered this as an entrepreneur, I was like, oh my God, this sounds so passive. Like how in the world am I going to build a company? And I think Mm. that I really learned that my work is all about making myself visible and available for invitations. So rather Mm. than kind of reaching out to specific companies or pitching myself in that way, it's like, how can I share about what I do in a really broad way and let the right people find me? You know, so whether it's through my newsletter, Instagram or whatever it is, like, I don't know how you found me, but it's just like, how can I just share, 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 share? I think it was on Instagram and like, let the right people resonate with my energy and come to me. And then, um, one more piece I wanted to mention about that, but yeah, I mean, those are the key pieces for projector. And again, just knowing that like, they really are here to like lead and guide the process, but not always here to do all the doing. Okay. Um, I, th- I think I found you, I can't remember, but I do know that my friend, Amanda Bucci, do you know Amanda by chance? Mm-mm, I don't. Um, okay. So I believe she's a projector cause that's like her big thing. Is, uh, like, yes. Things to be initiated. And it's not, so I guess on a, on a passive level, a projector, maybe in like wounding would be like a follower and then an, an empowered level, how would they look? Or am I misunderstanding this? No, no, no. So I think honestly, the like shadow or the lower expression would actually be just overdoing, mm-hmm. would be trying to like just prove their worth by just doing, 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 and try to keep up with everyone around them and make themselves wrong for being tired. Mm. you know, and the wisdom is just standing so strong in their worth where it's like, I know that I'm not here to be like a doer. And so like, let me really investigate what my unique way of seeing the world and gift is, and then make myself visible so people can invite me to share it. Mm, got it. Okay. Is that clarifying? Uh, yeah, definitely. And one more time, you said what percent of the population is? A oh, sorry. 20%. I didn't say. Okay. 
Great. And so that's actually more than I thought. For some reason, I was like, man, you know, with 35% generators and 35% manifesting generators and eight or 9% manifestors. So, okay, reflectors seem to be a very small piece of the population. Very small Um, piece. Yeah. Yeah. Who are these people and how do you kind of know you're navigating one? So reflectors are about 1% of the population. So like you said, a very small piece. And they basically are these very powerful mirrors where they're incredibly sensitive to their physical environment. And they're basically always taking in everything in their space and kind of mirroring it back and letting us know how it's going. Um, And so the most important thing that they can do is choose to be in spaces that feel good to them, making sure their office feels good, making sure their home feels good, making sure their city feels good, because they're going to be taking in and magnifying everything. Their perspective is so unique. They just have this, like they see things that other people miss. Like I always say in the context of companies, like they would make like the best CEO whisper where they're just like next to the CEO, just like whispering in their ear, all the things that they see. And even the context of what's happening right now with like COVID-19 and the pandemic, like reflectors are going to just have a very powerful perspective on what's happening because they're kind of taking it all in and mirroring it back. And so they're just like, when they're invited in to share their perspective, it's so powerful. You know, a key thing that also distinguishes a reflector, and there are other people that might have this to some level in their design, is that their identity is always shifting and adapting and mutating. Like they're going to probably wake up feeling a little bit different every day. Like, and over the course of a month, they're going to have periods where they feel like a generator or like a manifesting generator or like a projector, or like a manifester. And so their work is to not going to put themselves into a box or try to be just one thing, but rather allow themselves to be fluid in the way that they're showing up and just honor exactly where they are that day. Mm, so interesting. And um, what um, you were talking about, like, you know, like not the shortcoming, but like the shadow of all these types, what would you say, if you were kind of summarizing where their shadow is? I think that their shadow would be if they, one, try to put themselves into a box and try to be just one thing, but also because they're magnifying everyone else's stuff, it would be like being in a partnership or in a, being a business where they're just like holding on to and taking on everyone else's like anxieties and fears mm-hmm. and stresses and energy and like not recognizing that it's not their own and giving themselves time alone to kind of release the stuff that's not theirs. Got it. Okay. And do you believe that people can kind of self-identify with this stuff or do people tend to get surprised by their human design chart? It depends. I don't, I don't think that they can self-identify. Like, I mean, I think that like often people will have a sense, but they could be surprised too, because like the magic of human design is that it not only reveals the stuff that we're totally conscious of and aware of, but it also reveals all the unconscious energetics underneath the surface. So, so often we've been operating in ways that are actually totally misaligned with our design. And so it just kind of like helps us return back to it. So like, you know, if I'm giving a talk and people don't know their time, like I'll ask them to reflect um, on who they think they might be, but I, I would never let them like, be like, that's it. You know, just trust that. Like I would always recommend them to look it up after, because I think like, even when you think about like Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder, like these are very Enneagram, like super powerful systems, but also often us answering questions based on who we think we are or even who we aspire to be, you know, and there's something kind of like wonderful about human design of just like the birth information is all you get. And that like it, again, it kind of like goes underneath who we think we are and looks at like a lot of other pieces that might play a role too. Mm-hmm. And have you ever been surprised by somebody's human design where like, it just totally mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to you? Like, I always wonder about that, you know? Yeah. I think that like, there are times where I'm like, oh, that is a surprise. Like even with my mom, like she's a manifester. And I was like, I was like, I just don't think so. You know, like, 
but like, and we also didn't know her exact time. So I wasn't sure, but like often with time, like everything starts to make a little bit more sense. So it's pretty rare that I'm surprised. It generally like makes sense that I can often just feel into it. Like, cause they also like to have different kind of like energetic signatures or ways of showing up, which I can mention. But like, I think sometimes when people are living out of alignment with their design or, uh, you know, it can be a little bit hard to tell, but I do find that like often my, ex- I, ha- I rarely have an experience with clients where they're just like, what? That doesn't feel right. You know, it's often just like, uh-huh, totally. Uh-huh. Like maybe I'm living out of alignment, but I recognize all these things within myself. Mm, okay. And you were saying like energetic trademarks, like tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So basically generators and manifesting generators have this very kind of like magnetic energy that just like pulls things to them. It's Mm -hmm. this kind of just like infectious energy. It's really like when you're around a generator or a manifesting generator, that's like lit up by what they're doing. It just like feels really good, you know, and it makes you feel really good. Projectors have a very penetrating energy where they basically can like penetrate into people and make them feel incredibly seen or recognized. And that's part of why they need the invitation because like if they're penetrating into people before people actually want to be seen or recognized, it can just be too much much for them. You know, manifestors are a little bit more closed in their energy. Like they might not be the first person that you talk to when you walk into a room of like strangers because they kind of need to initiate and like break down that barrier and kind of pull you in. And it's just like a little bit more like discerning, selective, like they're just not always open to everyone, but then they're going to be open to the right people. And then reflectors are the ones that are actually a little bit hardest to feel into because they're just like mutating and adapting all the time. So we talk Mm. about their energetic signature as like more sampling because they're always just kind of like tasting and trying many things rather than just being one thing. Mm, Got it. Okay. And um, you know, it's so funny when you were telling me I'm a manifesting generator, it was almost like I felt a part of myself check out from it because knowing that I'm like the majority of the population, it almost made me think like, okay, if I'm like everyone, there's really nothing to be said about me. Does that make sense? Like if 70% of the population is a generator or a manifesting generator, like what's so special about it? Like how can we better understand those nuances? Cause I know that there's so much more to this than how I'm doing it. Yeah. And I think even I've like had clients come where they're like, I'm a generator. I'm so boring. Or I'm a projector. It means I have no energy. Like people come with these assumptions and it's like, oh my God, that is just the first piece. You know what I mean? It's like your sun sign in astrology. You know what I mean? Like just because you're a Taurus or whatever it is, like that is just the first piece. And so I would recommend just remind people that like there are so many layers. Like I did two sessions today with a woman who I've done weekly sessions with since July. There's always more to dive into. You know, it's like kind of endless. And so I would just recommend that people look at other pieces. So for example, like if we look at your chart, I mean, there's so much, like I know you're not looking at the graphic right now, but you'll see that your chart is just like its own thing. Like one of my offerings, which you talked about a little bit before is this offering called the blueprint, which is like a 30 page PDF that I put together on like everybody's unique design. And I made like thousands at this point and none of them, they're not the same. You know what I mean? They're all different, which I think just gives us an example of all the differences. But like for you, for example, in terms of how you make decisions. So we all have different authorities or ways of making decisions. So for you, it's all around like in the small decisions, using your gut response, kind of trusting mm-hmm. that like gut feeling. And the thing is that mm-hmm. there's so much advice out there of like, follow your gut, but like, I don't have a gut. I don't know what that feels like. You know, like that is actually true for you. You also have a very strong intuition, but for the big decisions, like you're really meant to sleep on things. You're really mm-hmm. meant to feel into things. And for me as a projector, I'm actually the same as you. Like we're basically not meant to make decisions impulsively or in the moment, but really meant to give ourselves time to feel into things because clarity for us comes with time, not in the moment. 
you know? Mm. And so you start to see these like other parallels, like, oh yeah, like we're two different types, but we also have a similar way of making decisions, you know? Mm. So how does that emotional piece resonate with you? Does it feel like you give yourself time? Like, do you feel like you need that? Well, I'm really quick. I'm quick moving, but I always find that when I sleep on something really big, sometimes I do change my mind or surprise myself. So I've definitely learned like I need more space than I give myself like the awareness of needing. Um, But yeah, I I lead with intuition. I'm a feeler. It's so funny. I was actually just pricing out a spokesperson contract and I, they want me to do a ton of different, really fun stuff. And I was just kind of pricing out based on like how much energy things were going to be, not how much time it would take, but like Mm -hmm. how much energy I felt like was going out for that. And it was so funny because my boyfriend, William, is he's more of an analytical thinker and not like a feeler. And I mean, he feels a lot, but like that's not what he leads with in his decision making at all. And so it was so interesting the other day, I busted out my service menu and I just asked him to come to the living room and I'm like, hey, can you check this out? Because I'm sending these this service sheet to them and maybe there's something wrong on it or can you just take a look? And he's like, yeah, well... He's like, you know, your, your numbers for a phone interview jump up by 20% if you go from 30 minutes to an hour. But if you go from 30 minutes to an hour for a video interview, it goes up 40%. What's your reasoning for that pricing change? So he was very like cerebral in his approach. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to look at him and I kind of felt silly. I was like, well, if I'm being honest, like video just takes a lot more energy out of me than audio. And so I just kind of priced it thinking, I don't want to do a video for an hour. And so he just like kind of laughed and like respected my way of seeing the world, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, so what are some other examples, whether it's through my chart or just in general that you think are like huge trademarks of these charts that you look up? Um, Because I think it's really helpful to kind of see that in my chart, like, oh yeah, this is how I make decisions. Yeah. And like, and just knowing that we all make decisions in a different way. And so it can be so useful to know, like, how is your partner meant to make decisions? Like, how is your colleague meant to make decisions? How does your kid meant to make decisions? Just so we can honor it. Because like, none of us are actually really meant to make decisions in a super logical way, even though most of us try to. Because the idea is that while our minds are incredibly powerful, we can basically convince ourselves in or out of anything, you know? And so for some people, they're emotional, like you and I, some people are meant to trust their gut response in the moment. That visceral full body gut yes is like a hundred percent go for it, make it happen. They're not going to be able to explain it. Like you said, it's like, this thing feels right or it doesn't. Don't totally know why. I just know that it does. Some people it's all around their intuition and human design intuition is actually different than the gut response. Intuition is just like a quiet kind of resonance or knowing. It's like this, like, just like voice or whisper that you might hear that kind of disappears as quickly as it comes. And so these Mm -hmm. people kind of are meant to get very quiet to hear their intuition and then be very spontaneous and impulsive once they hear it. Mm -hmm. So you have that super strong intuition. So it's probably going to feed into your decisions, but you still have that added layer of like having that strong gut response and then giving yourself time. Some people are meant to make decisions based on their ego. And again, you also have like a very strong ego in your human design. So some of this might resonate with you, but you have the added layer of the emotional piece. So the ego basically means that these people are meant to only make decisions based on whether or not their heart's really in it. It's like when their heart's in it, they can literally do anything. If their heart's not in it, it's just not going to happen. And they're meant to be like selfish in their decision making, like always asking themselves, like, will this decision truly take care of me? You know? And so making sure that like that's really a guidepost for them. There's some people that are meant 
meant to talk things out. Their truth kind of like comes out when they give it a voice. So they're here to kind of surround themselves with people that they trust and just let themselves speak and say things out loud. Some people, it's all about being in the right environment and then talking things out. And then for reflectors, it's about giving themselves a full 30 days, a full 20 to 30 days before they make a big decision, which always sounds a little bit nuts to me, but every reflector I talk to tends to really resonate. And just like, they're like, sometimes I need multiple cycles, but they kind of need that period of time to fully sample a decision to know what's correct for them. So that gives you like a little bit of a picture of just some of the different ones. so sorry for the quick interruption, but if you're anything like me working from home, this quarantine has got you craving some structure. And I've gotten so much out of committing to a morning routine every single morning that's looked like burning some Palo Santo, or sipping some coffee, journaling, and of course, making my protein shake with Organifi's vanilla or chocolate protein powder. I replace one meal a day with this protein powder. I just grab my Vitamix. I put in a scoop of their vanilla protein, frozen organic blueberries, a scoop of sunflower butter, and coconut milk into the blender, and boom! That gets my little candy-addicted five-year-old living inside of me so happy, feeling like she just started her workday with what tastes like a dessert that is somehow healthy. So if you follow me on the gram, you know that even when I try to eat healthy, I tend to have little snacksidents, and that's why I'm so grateful Organifi is now sponsoring the U-Turn podcast. It is so great to have their support. So if you are looking for some consistency consistency and structure in your diet. I cannot recommend their protein powder enough and they just upped our discount with them to 20% off. So just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And don't forget to use the U-Turn code at checkout. Now let's get back to this week's episode. somebody gets a Myers-Briggs like does that have anything to do with human design like what is the overlap astrology Myers-Briggs and Enneagram like any of it so no real overlap between like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram or StrengthsFinder I don't think they contradict each other like I've co-hosted retreats with um an amazing guy who does Enneagram for teams and like the information all supported each other, which is kind of like coming from different places. The idea with human design is that it's a quantum system. So what I mean by that is it really kind of draws together lots of different systems. So it does pull from astrology, although it often uses different calculations than astrology does. It pulls from um, the Kabbalah system, the chakra system, the I Ching, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, like all into one master system. So when you look at the human design chart, you'll see like, oh, those are the chakras. Those are the energy centers. And like, oh, I can see the tree of life in the Kabbalah. And like, oh, the I Ching is around that. And like, I can see the astrological symbols on the side. So like everything's kind of playing a little bit of a different role. And like the idea is that when human design first emerged, it was like, this is the first kind of 21st century system where it kind of brings it all together to kind of give us our just like energetic blueprint, our kind of like energetic DNA. Got it. Okay. And if somebody gets a human design reading, like it sounds like you can have sessions and it's almost like just a lens through which you can advise, correct? Correct. Okay. And then is the initial reading like an overview of your chart or what is somebody's experience? What can they expect if they wanted to get a human design reading? Yeah. So an initial session, because like I work with a lot of people in an ongoing way, but I also do a ton of one-off sessions because like my intention is really just to like give people kind of the, um, 
their own mapping to kind of walk them through all the key elements of their own design so they can be equipped to walk away and be like, okay, got it. Like these are like tools I can start to really integrate into my life. Like my intention with with human design is just to make it like so actionable and so accessible and so simple because I think it can be so esoteric. And I just think there's so many ways to make it really grounded. Um, And it is really just like a lens through which to understand our lives. You know, I think exactly like you said, I think that like wherever people are experiencing resistance in their lives, we often kind of just use human design to kind of help them find more flow, you know? Mm -hmm. And like I said before, it's often not, I'm not sitting there telling people stuff they don't know. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You're not sitting there being like, what? I'm emotional. Like I need time. You're like, oh yeah, actually that is true for me. Like it's Mm -hmm. often like revealing all the stuff that they already do know and they haven't really allowed themselves to fully step into. And so it just becomes like so clear, like what's out of alignment and what is in alignment and the tools to kind of like really move from resistance into flow. Got it. And I know that if anybody looks up their human design chart, you're going to see like this like gray shading of a person with like lines and red and white and black and like black and red stripes. (laughs) What do these colors mean if somebody's looking at their chart? Like what is the white and red and how can we explain this for anybody so that whether or not they have a session with you, if they're following you, they can kind of just get their own kind of starter kit at understanding this. So if you're looking at a chart, you're going to see, like you said, this kind of like grayscale person, and then you'll see these like basically nine shapes that are connected by lines, some of which are colored in, some of which are white. Each of those shapes, those geometric shapes will kind of represent a different energy center in our body. When the mm-hmm. centers are colored in, it basically are the, they're the things that we're drawing our energy from and the things that are operating in a more consistent and reliable way. So for example, you have your gut colored in, meaning you have this amazing stamina to kind of build and create. You have consistent access to a gut response. You also have mm-hmm. your emotions colored in, which means that you are kind of always experiencing this emotional wave and need time, but also can like project out your emotions onto others. So people might really feel what you're feeling. Um, the areas that are white in your design. So for example, you have two centers white. Mm. Those are basically the areas for you. It's your head and your mind. Those are the areas where you're the most open and sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy and often the areas where you can both be very wise, but also get a little bit taken off track. Um, And so then there are going to be lines connecting kind of one center to another. And like when a line is fully colored in between two centers, it's that's a natural strength that you have. That's just like like for example, you have a strength around just like sales and marketing. of just like honestly using your intuition to just message things in a way that people can really hear. And also mm-hmm. to be incredibly efficient, to often do more in three hours than most people can in a whole day. You know, like, I, does that resonate with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So those are just like natural strengths where it's like once you know your strengths, you can like lean into them a little bit more. The strengths are going to be either black or red or a combination of both. When it's Mm. black, it means it's a strength that you are more conscious and aware of. And when Mm. it's red, it means it's a thing that other people might recognize in you, but you might be a little bit less conscious of yourself. And when it's black and red, there are pieces of both. So there's just like obviously so many layers and there are going to be little arrows around your head. The arrows kind of speak to more how our mind works and how we kind of like digest information and food. So there's just like, and even honestly, like as crazy as it sounds, like just this chart is not even all there is. Like I have a software that goes deeper and then looks at like, how are people meant to eat? Like what environments do they operate best in? So like, there's just honestly so many endless layers, which I think is just a reminder of like, you're like, I'm a manifesting generator. Like, come on, that's whatever it is. It's like, again, just the first piece. There's like so many different layers that make you so incredibly unique. Mm, that's so incredible. And like, I'm so, how does somebody come up with something like this? Like, I know this is like the dumbest question I could ask. I mean, not a dumb question. It's like, 
I know. Well, it's like not, uh, so I'll tell the origin story. It's a very kind of mystical story, which is just so funny. Cause I work with a lot of companies too. And it's always so funny telling them this story because they're like, what? I think that like, I always have to remind people that like human design is not a belief system. I'm definitely not trying to convince people of anything, like take the things that resonate, leave the rest. Like it's here to serve as a tool. Um, and I, my experience with companies is that the information itself resonates on such a cellular level that they're like, I don't actually care where it comes from. But there was this guy, so the founder of human design, his name is Ra Uhuruhu. And he had lived in Montreal and was in Ibiza and basically living in a home on his own. And he was walking home one night. He was not a super spiritual or mystical guy, just so you have context. I expected that when I started listening to him. He's like, definitely not that. But he was walking home one night and he heard a voice. And the voice basically was like, it's time to work. And so for basically eight night, eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system, meaning he literally just like received all this information and then spent the next 20 years building it out. And so which is so crazy. And I think that like the magic and it's so funny because my business partner is like such a skeptic and it's so useful to have that energy in the business. Cause like it reminds me, cause I can get so like sucked into the woo woo. Cause I love that stuff. But like to just know that again, the information itself is like, I think just so useful for people. And I think what's so cool, especially when you compare it to other systems is that again, like it's basically giving us a language for kind of energetics and like things that are underneath the surface that we haven't really had access to. It's not really a system that like we could have come up with by just analyzing people. You know what I mean? Cause there's only so much we're conscious of. So like he, you know, who knows where it all came from, but like he basically spent the next 20 years building it out. He's no longer alive, but now there are kind of institutions around the world sharing it. But as we said at the beginning, it really has only like hit a nerve in the last like early 2018. Um, but it is just like, it comes from a very mystical place and that's part of its magic. Mm, I love that. And how has you, how have you seen human design change your client's decision-making or um, like Im- improve their life? Like what are some stories or um, I don't know, just like feedback that you might have for people who are trying to figure that out? Yeah. I think honestly, it really just like inspires people to trust themselves. I know that sounds so simple. I don't go into more specifics, but I just think that so long we've been kind of looking for authority outside of ourselves in terms of like teachers or guides or gurus, or even just like when we're making a decision, asking for everyone's advice, you know, and human design just like reminds us that we each have our own inner authority. And that's the thing that we can turn to, to make every single decision for us. And so I think with a lot of my clients, like they just end up like, honestly, letting go, like even a client I talked to today, like after our first session, like she quit her job the next day, which is not feasible for a lot of people, you know, because I know that like not everyone has like a safety net or like even just savings that they can rely on. But like, it just became so immediately clear what was out of alignment. And like, she just knew how, like through her human design, like how to kind of like get what she wanted, you know what I mean? And basically like how to make decisions in a way that was actually aligned and like, wasn't forcing things. And she's like, and now we've used human design to build her whole team at an entire, another company. And so I think that like, it just often helps us understand like what our unique lane is, like, how Mm -hmm. are we meant to make decisions? How can we like, for me, knowing that as a projector, I'm not meant to initiate things. So how can I, as an entrepreneur, make myself incredibly visible so people can find me and trust that as my like best business strategy, you know? And I think also just knowing how can we make decisions and enter into relationships and opportunities that are actually correct for us. Like 
I can't tell you how many times I've sat with a client and they're like, okay, Aaron, like I've decided to leave this, you know, job or leave this relationship. And I'm like, and when did you know it wasn't the right thing for you? And they're like, the moment I entered it, you know what I mean? So it's just like, we so often know the thing, but we just don't trust it. And so I think human design just gives us the tools to kind of really make sure we're making aligned decisions every single time. And I think that so often we want to like architect or control our future, but like, human design has taught me that I can't really live in a way where it's like, this is where I'm going to be five years from now. And like, for sure, I can set goals and have intentions, but it's like, my job is to make one aligned decision at a time. And that will take me all the way there, you know? And I think that that's been actually such a relief for me and been so fun because so much of what I've created and where I am is like, not even what I believed was possible. You know what I mean? It's just like, so beyond. And Mm -hmm. I think that then in the context of teams or even in romantic or business partnerships, it's so useful because it basically surfaces how different people are and gives you the tools to kind of work with that. And so I think we often get tripped up in teams or in partnership when we expect someone to be different than what they are, or even more similar to us. So just on a personal level, like with my romantic partner, like he's a generator, he makes decisions from his gut. I'm a projector. I'm super slow in my decision-making. He's got a lot of energy to build and create and do things like my energy very much operates in spurts, like based on his profile, he's very much here to like get into the details of things and really understand how things work. I don't really care as much how things work. As long as they do, I just trust it. Like I can be a little bit more aloof in that way. And so we might've made each other wrong for those things and we hadn't understood those differences. But now that we understand them, like we just can navigate through them with so much more understanding and harmony and grace, you know, like knowing, for example, like I'm, I can be a little bit emotional and project my emotions out into the world. And he's like super empathic and taking in everyone else's emotions. So he can take in my emotions and like magnify them. So it just kind of helps us understand all that dynamics underneath the surface. So I sit with a lot of co-founders and teams to help them do just that, you know, to kind of make sure people are in the right role, make sure they understand how they operate, you know, make sure they can give them the right support. So I just think it helps us kind of each align with our unique potential. Sorry, that's a bit long-winded, but those are key No, I, well, so here's what I know. Everybody's probably sitting here with their pen in their hand. So I'm going to recap and slow down a few things that I'm sure they're all dying to know. And they're probably going to head over to your website and want this blueprint that you mentioned. So I'll ask you about that too. Just a little recap for anybody who's taking a quick glance at their chart. Maybe we can give them the tools to help them have a basic understanding that even they can't go in depth, they would maybe need to work with you, but maybe they can get a general overview. What does, tell me, you said the white means it's an area where, what did I write down? We can go ahead and recap. Yeah. The white is basically the white are the areas where you're really sensitive to kind of taking in other people's energy. And so for example, if you have a white emotional center, it means that you are taking in other people's emotions and magnifying them, often experiencing them more intensely than they do, you know, Mm -hmm. which can be a little bit confusing because you're like, what's mine? What's theirs? But like the gift is that you're such an empath and can really, when you don't take them on as your own, you can kind of mirror back people's emotions and give them a language for them. Mm, or perhaps you haven't go ahead sorry so you were saying like mine I have like white triangles or whatever in my head area what does that that means that like I'm very sensitive to what people say like mentally or to my heart like what is that actually so basically means you're really open to just like ideas from all around you and so for you it's like you're just open to inspirations that are coming from all directions so the shadow of this might be a tendency to sometimes lose focus to feel a little bit scattered or even focus your mental energy on things that don't matter that much or kind of being inspired by like literally everything or nothing at all like and the wisdom for you is to really kind of use your gut to know what inspirations are actually worth pursuing you're not meant to like pursue all the ideas that come to you so maybe write them all down but like 
kind of riding, taking things through your wave to make sure they're actually correct for you. And often you're somebody who like will really thrive with some level of structure to your day because you've got just such an open mind and can take in so many different ideas. There might be a tendency to like, just like go in a lot of different directions throughout the day. And so it's often by, um, creating a like very simple to-do list. Like these are the three things I have to get done that you can like be far more productive and like help rein yourself in when you lose focus. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And you had said that black is kind of like for anybody who's looking, looking wherever that sits on the body, that's like a strength that you're aware of, correct? That you're more conscious and aware of. That's what we call your personality, correct? And what's the difference between like a black, like triangle or square versus like a line? So the shapes are basically just like the energy centers. So like it's either going to be colored in or white. It doesn't matter what color it is. It just means like it's like active and kind of where you're drawing your energy from. And the lines are just like specific qualities within you. And so Mm -hmm. basically without getting too complicated, like if there's a, if like two, if a line is activated, it's basically going to light up the centers on either side. So it kind of just like gives you a filter through which you understand that kind of energetic center. So like, for example, like your throat is lit up which means you have a kind of consistent way of expressing yourself, but it is lit up by its connection to your intuition, which means like your voice is really around speaking your intuition and just like speaking these like intuitive knowings you have in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. They've all heard this on the podcast because like my little solo cast, I always like hit play and don't really know what I'm going to say. And then I just- Totally. It's great for you. Yeah, it is great for me. But you know, it's so funny as a motivational speaker, whenever I get booked by like a bureau for a speech, I feel like because it's so much more high level than I was speaking before, I take myself out of the channeling because to be a great speaker, like if you think about the play Hamilton, since you live in New York, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason people are paying two grand a ticket is because they know what what happened on Friday at Hamilton is going to happen on Saturday. You know, like there's consistency in execution something like that. And so to be an excellent speaker in the arena that I've been playing in, it requires you to actually have like a script and, and like really, um, play it. And it's interesting because I have some friends who are like, Oh, I just channel and I love channeling, but I found that that doesn't really work for that space. So would that mean like if my human design says like, this is what I meant to be doing, that working in this other way is feedback that maybe that's just not using who I am or how would you interpret No, I love that question because like, and it's honestly why I was drawn to human design because human design is not like, this is how you're meant to operate at work. And this is how you're meant to operate at home. It's just like, you're actually meant to speak from your intuition always, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like trusting your gut to know, like, are these the right opportunities for you? And like, knowing that like, that's going to probably be the way that you communicate best and also just feel best, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. that's why I love working with skeptics at companies because I go in under the guise of like, how can we make your teams more productive and more effective and more harmonious? But then we sit there and talk and it's like, oh, but you know what? This is actually relevant to how you're communicating with your daughter and what's going on with your wife or your husband or your partner, you know? And so like, it just, it can give us so much insight into actually how to find more flow in literally all the areas of our life. Okay. And you had talked about like the red being that's, that's a strength that people tend to see even more than you might see. Yes. Um, But what about the black and red? Black and red basically means that there are some elements of it that are conscious that you're aware of, and then some elements that other people see in you. So there's just like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a mixed bag. Okay. And you like, you had talked about like energy centers. Do you ever see like a square or a triangle, both colors, or they tend to be one color? Just one color. So when a center, a center will be colored in our white and that's it. There's okay. no kind of variation in the color. 
Okay. And I just like Googled a random chart just to be able to look at this as we're chatting about it. And like, it just feels kind of confusing, I guess for me, and I'm no expert here, but just to help educate anybody who's listening and taking notes, it's like, I see some lines in random spots. You know what I mean? Like it's like a half of a line is white and it's like red and black. Like let's say that like, um, towards the bottom of the chart, like how do you interpret that? So when an area, when there's a full line between two centers, that's just like a natural strength that you always carry. So you carry strengths of community, you carry strengths of like talent. I I mentioned a few of them, but like when it's only half of a line, whether it's red, whether it's black, whether it's red and black, it basically means that's a quality that you like carry inconsistently. Like it's sometimes present within you, but you basically are meant to connect up with other people that have the other half. So that's actually what's going to attract you to other people. And so like, Ah. that's kind of a thing. Does that make sense? So it's a thing that you're going to kind of activate, co-activate together, but it's like not a thing that you can necessarily rely on because it will be like a filter for you, but it's just not always present. And so think of it more as an area in which you're meant to connect with others. Got it. Okay. And I see like gold colors. What is there, what is your interpretation of gold or also yellow? So tell me where you're seeing that. I was just, I just Googled a chart and like, I see like a gold or yellow like square in the middle middle. of a bunch of... Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be the identity center. And basically the yellow, like what color the centers are, don't, it doesn't matter. So what matters, whether, what matters is like, whether it's colored in or white, every center that you're looking at that is colored in will be yellow. There's actually no variation in it. It's more like, is it colored in or white? Is it, do you have a consistent sense of identity within yourself or do you have a more kind of flexible and fluid sense of identity that's always changing? Mm, got it. Okay. So and you'd make a little more sense. Go ahead. Yeah. And you'd mentioned something about the salmon color for anybody note taking. What does salmon mean? Where's the salmon color? <laughs> kind of like, the, like the shapes that are like partially like a salmon-y, like not a full red. Not a full red. And is it a shape that you're looking at? Yeah. Like a triangle that's like kind of uh, like a light. Okay. So same thing. So anyone that has, so that's your ego center that you're looking at. I mean, you're not looking at your chart, but you do have that center colored in that little triangle. Um, and that is everyone who has that center colored in and activated in their chart will have it be red. Mm, So in terms of those colors of the centers, just know that what you want to look at is, is it full of color or is it white? Doesn't matter the color because everyone that has it colored in will have it the same color. How interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we've given everybody an introduction and I know that um, there's different properties. Like there's like, a, I was Googling it. It says like a strategy, a not self name an inner authority. Like what do those pieces of the human design mean? So the strategy that we, we talked about is just like, again, for you, it's like magnetism. It's letting things come to you, kind of waiting uh, for a gut response. For projectors, it's waiting for invitation, manifestors initiating, um, reflectors also kind of waiting to be initiated in. The inner authority is the decision-making that we talked about. So like for you, it's emotional. So giving yourself more time, other people, it's about their gut response. So the inner authority is like, what is your the, the thing that you can rely on to make decisions for yourself? Every type will have kind of what we call not self theme, which I know is a little bit of a weird language, but the idea is it's really just signals that reveal whether you're on on or off track. So for you Mm -hmm. as a manifesting generator, being off track is going to look like a feeling of frustration. 
Mm. which is like resentful, dissatisfying the work that you're doing. Like maybe you're like chasing after things and it's not really happening or you're just not enjoying the work that you're doing. And a sense of being on track is satisfaction. For projectors, mm. off track is bitterness, like not feeling appreciated, not feeling recognized, not feeling invited in and on track is success. And then for manifestors, off track is anger, often when their flow is disrupted and on track is a sense of peace, for um, reflectors, off track is disappointment and on track is a sense of, um, sorry, disappointment and surprise. Mm. This has been so informative. I feel <sighs> like so many people are going to look up their chart. They're going to go to your site. Can you remind us, where is your website? When, where can everybody get that blueprint that you have? And I know you have a promotion on it going on too, which would be great to know. Yeah. So the blueprint is my website is AaronClaireJones.com. My Instagram is AaronClaireJones. So I'm AaronClaireJones everywhere. But the blueprint I always recommend is a great place to start. Like I do, you know, sessions are obviously good if you want to dive deep, but the blueprint is a 30 page PDF that I kind of put together in your unique design that covers like, I mean, all the pieces we covered today and like so much more, you know, and just like, it, it kind of takes the like need to analyze it out of it. Cause it's like, these are all the key pieces I need to take away. And so we can do a discount for your audience for sure if we want to. Um, but that's, that's a great place to get started. And that blueprint is like right at the top of my website. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much, Erin, for just like teaching me and everybody so much. I feel like whether they work with you or they don't, they'll be able to kind of look at their chart and get a sense. <laughs> I hope which so. Is I hope fun. it wasn't too confusing. Yeah. No, no. I feel like this is such a body of work, you know? Yes. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited for everybody to dive in and I uh, can't wait to hear what everybody thinks of this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab of my website, ashleystahl.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single single one. I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an Apple device and you write an actual review for me. Thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, 
and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.